the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. The program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country, friends. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for joining us on today's special program as we celebrate the birth of our country and American independence during a wonderful 2023 Independence Day weekend. I hope that your weekend is off to a great start, and we appreciate the opportunity to join you as we celebrate American freedom and liberty as given to us by God, our God-given rights that came from our Creator. I have a great show for you today. A little bit later, we'll hear from NFL, outstanding NFL, four-time Super Bowl winner, and decorated Vietnam combat veteran Rocky Blyer, talking about what Independence Day and American freedom means to him, as well as some things about, you know, some great insights into his, of course, Super Bowl championship wartime NFL career. But right now, in our first segment, we look forward to, to being joined by Ashley Belagin, founder of the Belagin Law Firm, and we'll go to her right now. Hello, Ashley. Thank you for joining us. It's great to, especially great to be with you on this Independence Day weekend. Absolutely. I'm so great to be back. I love uh, coming on your show, and I love talking to your listeners. I love it. And why don't, for a refresher, why don't we start and you, know, you special one of your your primary specialties is the field of family law, which has a lot of interesting aspects to it, um, even among different firms that practice family law. Can you talk about first of all, give us a general overview of you know what the term family law means uh, in terms of legal representation? And then also how your your approach, if you will, might be different than from some other law firms. Sure. So, um, so family law, it, well, family law in general is a very emotional, very difficult area to do. Um, I definitely would not do family law if I did not feel that God called me to it because it can be very emotionally overwhelming. Um, most uh, most attorneys actually don't even practice family law because it is so emotionally overwhelming. And it's just too much sometimes. So, um, so in Florida, um, that was actually a really good question. You actually made me think about that for a second. So, our approach to cases um, now, I don't know how other attorneys are, but we might be a little bit different because we are a faith-based firm. So, how I normally explain that is, we don't push God on you. We don't push, you know, Christianity on you or what we believe on you. But what it means is um, God is my boss, and God is the one that I answer to the end of the day. So we want to make sure that our ethics and what we're doing for our clients or potential clients, that we're doing things the right way. So if someone reaches out to us for a consultation, um, and it's a divorce case or potential divorce case, we're going to ask you if a divorce is something you want. So um, I'm very big on counseling um, and mental health, so I will ask people in a consultation if a divorce is something that you want. Because not everyone who reaches out for a divorce, that is something that they even want. They might just be going through a difficult time in their marriage. So I want to make sure that if this is something that you want or if you just are at a crossroads and you just don't know what to do, so you think divorce might be the best option, when that actually might not even be the case at all. Um, We're different because we do work with a lot of counselors. Not better, just we're different because we're really – we really want to make sure our clients and their children get the, um, the care that they need, not only during their case, but when their case is finished. Um, if you come out of like a domestic violence marriage, not necessarily physically abusive, but maybe mentally, emotionally, financially abusive, I want to make sure that you don't um, 
end up marrying another person like that or dating another person like that because we tend to date the same kinds of people over and over again. So I want to get to the root core of what's going on so that way you're in a healthy place when our case is over and then you can go make great choices and you don't fall back in this habit again. And the reason why I do that is because a lot of my cases are um, have domestic violence components. So um, what also what I would say would probably make us different than some family law attorneys, not all, but some family law attorneys, is that um, we're here to help you. We're not here to take all of your money. A lot of family law attorneys out there, um, they don't care about you or your children. They just want to take your money and drag your case out as much as they possibly can, and they don't care about what happens to you or your child. Um, And I see that a lot in family law, at least I do personally. So I always tell people when you're thinking about hiring a family law attorney, you want to be very, very careful about who you're hiring you want to make sure that they care um, not only about you, but your child. And hopefully they're caring about you in the long term and not just in the short term, because some attorneys out there really only care about their pockets and they don't care about the psychological effects that it's having on this case is having on you or your children. So just be really aware when you're hiring someone, um, because the most expensive or the most experienced attorney does not mean they're the best. Thank you for, for a very insightful overview. And I'd like to follow that up. Um, once again, talking about just the difficult um, area that family law, you know, just flat out is, you know, because of the, you know, just the dynamics of the cases that you have, you know, one of the things that that's part of divorce pr- procedures, if you will, or proceedings is, is custody battles. Yeah. You know, which I mean, and I know that these can get you know, incredibly uh, bitter and intense and, and vitriolic and, um, you know, and negative, uh, can you share a little bit about um, you know your insights there and, and and how you approach that? Sure. So that is a lot of cases. Um, if you or someone you know has a case where they actually get along, that is actually an exception to the rule. What normally happens is a lot of parents battle each other. So what I always try to tell um, clients um, is. You know, you have to keep your focus on your child. You can't focus it on the other person. They might be a horrible person. Maybe they are narcissistic or maybe they are all these horrible things. But you guys created life together and you have a child or children with that um, with that person. So clearly you guys did something right. So you got to keep your focus on your child. And what I tell people all the time is you have to be very careful of what you say in writing to the other person because it can absolutely be brought into court and can be used against the other side or to be used against you or be used against the other parents. So I always tell people, I know it's very hard, um, like it's much easier said than done, but don't call the names. Don't threaten them. I'm going to have my attorney call you. You're a blank, 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 blank. I'm going to do blank. Like, don't do the threats. I try very hard to tell clients to just say, don't respond to them unless you have to regarding your child. You do not respond to them unless you have to regarding your child. So an example of that would be if they're complaining about your child's like wardrobe and they just didn't like how they were dressed, that's not something you need to address. If they're complaining about like a doctor's visit or a doctor or a cost of something um, for your child, that's different. But don't respond right away if they're always getting under your skin. You gotta take a minute come back maybe a half hour later, a couple hours later, and then respond when you're not emotionally charged. Because um, you Now, you can also use apps. It's called um, one, uh, two apps that I usually use in my cases. One's called Talking Parents. The other one is Our Family Wizard. You don't have to use those. You can use uh, um, something else if you want. Those apps you do have to pay for. You can get a waiver if you um, if your income like a certain amount. I would say probably like under fifty thousand. You can get a waiver for having the app, okay? But they are very good. I highly recommend them if you have a very um, contentious relationship with the other side, because those conversations can absolutely be used against the other side in court. But you want to make sure you're very careful with what you say because it can never ever be deleted. The um, the messages in there can never ever be deleted. Do so you want to be very careful what you say to the other side? So those are some things that I try to say and try to keep your focus on your child, not the other side, not the, their new spouse, not their new lover, not their side person. You've got to keep it on your child because if you focus on them and their life 
all it's going to do is rob you today of your joy and you being with your child or children. So keep the focus on your kids, not about your ex. I hope that helps. Great, great advice. Real, real world advice. And thank you for sharing with our listeners. And actually, we have time for, for one more question. I, and I wanted to, you shared with us before your path to becoming um, you're specializing in, to first of all, becoming an, an attorney and then specializing in family law. And I think it's very interesting. Uh, can you just uh, share a, a, a briefly a, a about that with us, please? Sure. Um, I'll try to say it as quickly as possible. So the reason why I became an attorney was because I really wanted to make a difference. Um, I was originally going to be an immigration attorney because I had friends that came here. They were legal, um, but they, they got deported. And it just bothered me, like the process, what happened to them. They were just coming here to make a better life. So that's originally why I wanted to become an attorney, because I really, truly wanted to make a difference and help people. Why I became a family law attorney, um, God put it on my heart. So when um, COVID virus uh, happened, like when it had just happened a couple of years ago, um, so I lost uh, my job overnight because my job was no longer needed because when COVID hit. So I started praying to God and I started asking him, what do you want me to do? Like, do I apply for other jobs? What do I do? And he was very clear, um, very uh, straightforward, like time to open your firm. You need to do it now and you need to do family law. Um, and I did not want to do either of those. So I prayed about it like five more times, hoping for different answers. Uh, that's not how God works. So he was like, you need to open your firm. You need to do it now. And you need to do family law. So I opened it a couple months later. And um, I've been, my firm has been open since May of 2020. And it has been an amazing blessing. Um, I will not lie. Doing family law is a very difficult area. Um, it's very hard um, because these people, you know, have really serious, very serious issues. Um, but I do love what I do because uh, people need someone who care. They want someone who cares about them and cares about their children. So I hope that's what my clients and potential clients will see if they go forward with us. Like, I hope they feel like we truly cared about them because we do. No, thank you for sharing that insightful story, personal story. And I think that it's obvious that um, you have a heart for what you're doing. You have a passion and an enthusiasm for what you're doing. And I think that uh, you, know, you have the opportunity to really help a lot of people, even though, as you said, it is a difficult path to take. But uh, I really appreciate you being here once again on the Roger Frank and Williams show to to share about your practice, Belagian Law, and specifically, and also about the field of family law. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Really, I truly love coming on your show. So thank you so much for asking me to come back again. I, I love it. You guys are great. It's great to catch up with you. We look forward to having you back again soon. And in the meantime, hope you'll have a, a blessed and happy Independence Day weekend. Friends, Ashley Balogin, Balogin Law. And we'll take a quick break right now. When we come back, we'll continue our celebration of Independence Day, the birth of American freedom on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We'll speak with four-time Super Bowl champion and decorated Vietnam combat veteran Rocky Blyer on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. I pledge allegiance to this flag. And if that bothers you, well, that's too bad. But if you got pride and you're proud to do Hey, we could use some more like me and you Where the stars and stripes Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Well, friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show and welcome back to the annual Roger Franklin Williams Show celebration of Independence Day, American Independence, the founding of our country. I hope you're enjoying the program today and, of course, not only the founding of our country, but the celebration of our liberties that our country ensures, our God-given rights. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ashley Balogin of the Balogin Law Firm. Ashley always has a lot of great, insightful, real-world information about the field of family law and about the, her practice and her efforts to serve her clients. In just a moment, we'll be joined by regular contributor to the Roger Franklin Williams Show and a true American hero, 
Rocky Blyer will join us. Of course, he is well known as a starting running back on four Super Bowl championship teams for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chuck Knowles Steelers back in the 1970s. He is he was also a, a combat veteran of Vietnam, a decorated combat veteran, wounded uh, in battle. And, of course, his story of his fight back to rejoin the Steelers to get back to the National Football League after suffering serious wounds to both legs uh, is documented in the book and the movie Fighting Back, the Rocky Blyer story. In our first segment, we'll go to Rocky Blyer in just a moment. I want you to know, of course, today's program is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Christner's celebrates the birth of American freedom and liberty. In our first segment, Rocky will talk about what, as as a combat veteran, a combat wounded veteran, what the 4th of July and Independence Day in America mean to him. Later in our show, he'll talk about his service in Vietnam, the actual battle where he was wounded, and his patient um, road back to playing in the National Football League. But right now, we're going to let's go to, to Rocky Blyer talking about this, celebra- this year's celebration of American independence. It's always a pleasure, Roger, to be with you and to be on your show. So thanks for, thanks for having me, especially on this occasion um, for this uh, celebration of our, our July 4th Independence Day uh, and how important that is to this country. And I think that you're a perfect guest uh, as we celebrate Independence Day, July 4th, um, on our programs, because you, you you literally have have sacrificed more and made more of a commitment to preserve our freedoms than virtually anybody, you know, to the point of risking your life in combat and to the point of being wounded in combat. And I'd like to, to start there. Can you, and I'd like to start, first of all, um, with the circumstances that led you to being in the United States Army and then, then the circumstances that led you to actually winding up in a combat unit in Vietnam. And, and I'll, I'll preface that preface that with, you know, you were a, a member, as we said, a starting running back and actually a, a captain at, at, in, a, in a very high-profile Notre Dame program, national champions in 1966. You also were you, know, pro, you know, are, had, were playing pro football with the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though early, very early in your career. Just a lot of a lot of guys during that era, if if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, with that kind of resume, didn't really wind up in, in combat in Vietnam. Can you talk about how, what led you there? I I sure can. And so before that, just just before this, the importance. I think just to put into context the importance of Independence Day, July 4th, and what it represents from a national basis and how important it is for us as people to kind of think back on how it got to be, the country we live in, uh, the, the ups and downs, the problems, the, the, the wars that we've fought over this period of time, uh, to be able to live in this country. Now, I know that... You know, um, you know, historically, we had our ups and downs government-wise and so on, a belief system, but we prevailed, you know, through that period of time. And I think we need to keep that in mind, the importance of what this country has become in the minds of people around the world um, and what our freedoms are, are, are really all about. You know, we can complain on a daily basis how things are going. Um, we can complain about inflation. We can complain about some of the laws that have been set, you know, from a statewide to national, you know, and, and where is our country heading. But I think at this moment in time, one, not only to take the time to recognize what our predecessors uh, have gone through, uh, to be able to get us to this point, to the military who have served, you know, uh, throughout the ages um, that we've been 250 years, that we've been in existence and, and given us the freedoms uh, and that we've fought for over that period of time, 
but to you know to also recognize that we that that this is a very special special country. I say that in reference only because recently I was just with, um, uh, as a matter of fact, at, at, at a restaurant uh, we were, um, uh, and and the people that were um, uh, that we ran into had a brief discussion um, were um, living in the United States, and actually we were in Paris, and this was. It was in Paris at a, at a restaurant and people sitting next to us and we got this, who now live in the United States and they are back visiting uh, that region. And the first thing they said is that um, although we were not born in America, we now live in America. And let me tell you this, it is the greatest country uh, on the face of this earth. And the freedoms that you have, the problems that come with it, but are second to none in the experience that they had and where they grew up in the Middle East. Uh, and I thought, what a great testimony uh, to be able to keep in mind what other people think of what our country is, no matter how we may feel uh, or difficult things are going at this period of time. So I just, I, I, I want, you know, are your listeners specifically you know, to it, it, it's the Fourth of July and fireworks and so on. But just to understand, um, you know, we've gone through problems. We'll continue to face problems, but we can only get through them if we're united in uh, keeping our our our, our country uh, and with the freedoms that it's had. So, given that. So now let's go back. <laughs> we'll go back into the 60s. <laughs> and, and, and for you, yeah, first of all, let me uh, you thank you for sharing. And I think that we made a wonderful point. Um, it's well taken by me. You know, it's it, 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 on the celebration of our anniversary of the founding of our country, our dedication to individual liberty and freedom. We shouldn't let you know some of the you know, the negative things, the, the bad things that we concern us today, that we're you know very worried about, uh, overshadow um, all the positives that we still have, um, and and you know that our system will allow us to continue to have. Um, so I really appreciate your your, your positive uh, your focus on that and helping us to, to keep a positive focus on on this Independence Day and this uh, uh, our celebration of our of our birthday and our liberty and our and our, and our freedom. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Uh, today's guest was great to hear from Ashley Belagin, founder of the Belagin Family Law Firm. And right now we're speaking with Rock Pittsburgh Steelers four-time Super Bowl champion and decorated Vietnam combat veteran Rocky Blyer. We'll go back to our inner conversation with Rocky Blyer a little bit in a few minutes. Before we do, want to, of course, give you a. We're going to have some quotes today on our program as well, and I've got one for you right now. And this is from Thomas Jefferson, which, of course, appropriate, the, the uh, author of uh, the American Declaration of Independence. This is from Thomas Jefferson. The issue is the same today for mankind as it has been throughout all history. Whether man shall be allowed to govern himself or be ruled by a small, all-powerful elite. And as you've heard me say before, it's amazing how prescient Thomas Jefferson was. And a big part of that comes from his knowledge of history um, but also, I'm sure it, that he, in it, over and above that, he obviously had a special gift to really understand human nature, understand government, if you will, um, along with his incredible just knowledge from the studying and reading that he did immensely. Um, but really, I'm, in fact, that's uh, so appropriate to our lives today that I'm actually going to read it again. And here's the quote from Thomas Jefferson. The issue for mankind is the same today as it has been throughout all history. Whether men shall be allowed to govern themselves or be ruled by a small, all-powerful elite. 
and talking about um, the prescience of Thomas Jefferson, you know, he didn't even know anything about the big tech oligarchs. <laughs> he didn't even know anything about Apple and Google and Microsoft. Anyway, um, an amazing quote. But um, a little bit later, we're gonna when we go, we're gonna take a break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk to Rocky Blair specifically about his service in combat in Vietnam, how he came to serve in Vietnam, because he was a member, he was a star football player at Notre Dame, in fact, a starting running back on the 19th, the famed 1966 Fighting Irish National Champions, and he was also playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers at the time that he was drafted. Well, he literally went, within a matter of months, from playing in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers to fighting in Vietnam, and we're going to hear that story when we come back. We're also going to hear the story of how he literally fought back through amazing perseverance to once again regain his 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 spot on the team with the Pittsburgh Steelers and how he was able to not only survive uh, but also work his way into a starting running back in four Super Bowls. So please stay with us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show tribute to Independence Day. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my time. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show tribute to Independence Day. We have great guests on our program today. We're blessed to have great guests. Earlier, we heard from Ashley Balogin, founder of the Balogin Law Firm, about the field of family law and, and her practice in family law at Balogin Law. Right now, we are sharing conversation I had with four-time Super Bowl champion Rocky Blyer, also decorated Vietnam combat veteran Rocky Blyer, who was the subject of the book, Fighting Back, the Rocky Blyer story and the movie. When we uh, go back to Rocky, he's going to talk about, first of all, how he came to wind up in Vietnam as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers and about the the firefight where he was wounded and his grueling process back to getting himself back ready to play in the National Football League and his progress up the death chart once he was recovered enough to actually make the team and become reestablished with the Steelers. Before we go back to Rocky Blyer, I want to let you know today's special program is being brought to you with limited commercial interruption by our friends at Florida Door Solutions. Florida Door Solutions celebrates the birth of American independence this 4th of July weekend and the blessing of American freedom and Sheeler Auto Repair. Sheeler Auto Repair is thrilled to support and celebrate Independence Day in America. Now let's go back to Rocky Blyer. So, 1968, I am a highly touted 16th round draft choice by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm actually the 417th person picked in the draft <laughs> that year on a losing team. And so, 1968, just to put in perspective for some of your young listeners, uh, and then some of us older people, um, was the height of the war in Vietnam. We had more people in Vietnam at that period of time um, than, than, than prior years and then thereafter. We had 500,000 troops in Vietnam. Also, there was a public outcry from the student population of un- how unfair this war was and why are we in Vietnam um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there were protests that were taking place uh, on college campuses. And so there was this upheaval back here at, at, at the home front. Anyway, the draft was looming over everybody at that period of time. You got a student deferment if you were in college, but then that um, <laughs> was released and you went back to uh, being 1A classification, uh, ready for the draft. 
And so I'm here in Pittsburgh, and I can remember um, Bill Austin, who was the Steelers head coach at the time, at the end of that training camp, uh, took me aside and said, we think, uh, actually, he said, we got a letter in the mail, um, and the, the letter was my 1A classification from my the student deferment. It was opened by the Steelers mistakenly, as they told me, but anyway, <laughs> they said, we think you're good enough to make this thing, and we will take care of this for you. And in my mind, taking care of that just meant, well, maybe they get me in the reserve with the National Guard as a, as a ball player. Um, that's what some of the people were doing, and that's some of the players. And so I continue to go on. Well, you know, it was 1968, high war, things happen, fall, and basically uh, I fell through the cracks. After uh, 10 games, um, <laughs> I can remember I was sitting uh, in our locker room when one of the equipment men hollered, hey, Blyer, there's a letter over here uh, at the table where all the fan mail would be deposited for the players. And so I get up and I walk over and I see it. It is my first piece of fan mail. And I pick it up and open it up and it, it said, We'd like to inform you that you've been inducted into the armed services of your country. It was a crack notification to report of the next morning to be drafted. And I'm thinking, oh, they're supposed to give me time. Well, it was, you know, lost in the mail somewhere, whatever it is. And so um, I, so I went. All of a sudden, my world turned upside down. And uh, shortly thereafter, boom, I'm off to basic training and then on to AIT, and then I got my orders to end up in Vietnam. So by May of 69, um, I found myself in, uh, in Vietnam. It was then established with my unit at that time, and, uh, and so, we were, uh, so we were in country on patrols doing what uh, Army personnel did, uh, and uh, we had an area of operation which we operated under, and so on and so on. So it wasn't until August, basically, of that year, um, and that we had uh, run into a, uh, an ambush, a combat unit. Uh, one of our sister companies had been hit in the field. Uh, we were deployed to get them out of the the battle that they were in, pulling front and rear security uh, and moving them out of that uh, that area um, to somewhat of a secured area, and and then, um, but in so doing, we also had to carry out those who were uh, wounded and those who had been killed, and so that was part of our process, and and I tell you this, and so we ran into another ambush, we had to leave the bodies. Two days later, uh, we were coming back to retrieve those bodies uh, and, uh, and and move them out when we ran into an ambush. And during that period of time, I was um, wounded twice uh, the same day, one by an AK-47 that pierced in my left uh, leg and secondly uh, hit by a grenade that blew up to both of my feet and my right knee and thigh. And, uh, and again, we were in a firefight to assist a platoon, fought its way down, and finally dragged us out of there, and uh, uh, ultimately got, you know, to a security area. Helicopters came in, took us to an aid station. We got patched up, and I flew to um, Tokyo, where I spent, or to an aid station, then to Tokyo, where I spent two weeks in the hospital before I transferred out and, uh, and came back to the States, where I spent nine months in the hospital and went through several more operations. But I tell you that story, you know, only because of the impact that people have in your lives. And, and it's the same thing that, you know, that, that we have today. I mean, it, it's amazing. Um, and you say, well, sometimes people say, well, you know, I have no influence over people or, you know, how can I influence other people's lives? By simply, by simply smiling, saying hi, being engaging, you know, talking to something because you never know what somebody else is going through and how important that might be at that moment in time in their lives. In this case, specifically, my wife was in the, um, in, in, just, you know, when you're in that situation, out of the field, in the hospital, um, you know, and all those questions that uh, go through your mind of, 
you know, why me? Why did it happen to me? I had something. I, I, you know, what's going to happen with the rest of my life? All those thoughts kind of go flowing through your mind. And I tell a story because it's true that across from me was a young soldier, and he was a triple amputee, and he's lost his left arm and both legs, as I remember. And every day that I was in this ward, and then, as I said, I wasn't there that long, I would get a, uh, a, they would come to take him to therapy. And I'd watch him grab that little trapeze that swung over his bed, and he'd swing his torso into the wheelchair as best possibly can, and they'd push him out to go to therapy. And he made sure that he stopped at every bed in the ward. And, and I remember that one day he stopped at my bed, at the end of the bed, and, and, and he said, Hey, how you doing? You know, I tell you this, you look better today than you did yesterday because yesterday, phew, let's be honest, you look like crap. Now listen, we got some good docs here. We're gonna take care of you. We'll get you out of here and I'll see you back in the real world one of these days. You know, my thought was, wow, anybody could be embittered with their lot in life would be that young soldier having lived with those atrocities at this place thousands of miles away, but yet he chose to have a positive attitude. He chose to make a difference. Guys, Rocky Blyer talking about his journey from the National Football League. Well, actually, from star, starting running back on a national championship team at Notre Dame. Then, as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the National Football League, getting his draft notice, being drafted, winding up in the United States Army, winding up in Vietnam, winding up in a rice paddy where he was severely wounded in both legs, and his long road back to recovery. Friends, we'll go to, go to break in a, in a moment or two. When we come back, we'll also talk to Rocky Blyer about once he was able to recover from his wounds, being told by his doctor he would never play football again, and the obstacles he had to fight through uh, in order to even you know get back on the football field, then the obstacles he had to fight through to make the Steelers team once again, and then ultimately the obstacles he had to fight through to work his way up the depth chart from the practice squad, from the taxi squad, to um, special teams player, to ultimately starting running back on four Super Bowl champions. You're going to hear all about it when we come back from this break on today's Roger Frank and Williams show celebration of Independence Day. Before we go to break, of course, I want to let you know that the great people at Miller Sod Sales celebrate the birth of American independence and our God-given liberty and freedom. And, of course, I want to let you know about the guys up at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair this weekend as we celebrate the birth of America and let you know that Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair has everything you'll need this summer for hurricane preparation and for storm cleanup. You can find out more about them at apopkamore.com. That's apopkamore.com. Please stay with us. We'll be right back on today's Roger Franklin Williams Show Celebration of Independence Day, presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Please stay with us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show Tribute to Independence Day. Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Thank you for joining us today on a wonderful Independence Day weekend as we celebrate the birth of our country, the birth of American freedom and liberty, the birth of God-given freedom and liberty. Please be joined by two outstanding guests today, Ashley Belagin founder of the Balajan Law Firm. And right now we are sharing conversation I had yesterday. We recorded with NFL great Rocky Blyer, four-time starting running back for the Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1970s, also decorated combat-wounded veteran of Vietnam. Of course, his life was documented in the book, in the movie, Fighting Back, the Rocky Blyer story. And now in this segment, 
Rocky is going to talk about once he recovered from his wounds, got back uh, to the States, being told that he would never play football again, and then the journey that it took for him to ultimately emerge uh, as a four-time Super Bowl champion. Now let's go back to NFL great combat-wounded veteran Rocky Blyer. Out of there, I went to uh, uh, to Danang, uh, as I had said, and, and I finally, um, and then to then to uh, a, a hospital. And and after a couple weeks, I finally got enough courage to ask my physician, you know, what he thought about the injuries, because in the back of my mind, you know, I still wanted to play this game of football. Um, and I just didn't know to what extent that I could do that. And so, um, <laughs> so he chuckled and he said, don't worry about it. You'll have a normal life. You'll be able to do things normal people do. Just don't expect to get back in the gridiron. You just want to have the strength or the flexibility to do the things that are necessary to be a running back in the NFL. So as my authority figure, though, just as my authority figure, correct or not in this diagnosis, he just kind of sucked that hope right out. And then two days later, unbeknownst to me, I get a postcard in the mail, a simple postcard, and it's got two lines on it. It says, Rock, team's not doing well. We need you. Art Rooney. Wow, somebody needed me. No, they didn't need me. Somebody took the time to care. So on this anniversary of this of this Independence Day, maybe that's something that we need to do within our own lives. You know, take the time to talk to a neighbor, take the time to say hi, take the time to smile, to be engaging, uh, and because you never know how it's going to change someone's life. Well, being the Steeler family that they were back then and still are, and I came back when I got out of the service. And, and they were kind enough. You know, they bought me a year, uh, in all honesty, and I believe that. Um, and I went through another operating. They put me on injured reserve, uh, and, 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 um, and, and I had another operation, as I'd made mention. And then I came back the following year, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and they put me on the developmental squad, or the taxi squad, as we called it back then. So they bought me two years of an opportunity, two years to heal, two years to get bigger, two years to get stronger. So now you have to do something with that, just not given to you. So I come back, and this is 1972 by this time, and I become the leading ground gainer during the exhibition season. As I tell people, thank you very much. <laughs> Good enough to make the team but never carried the ball the remaining part of that season. But it's okay, better than the year before. Came back the following year, same thing, leading ground gainer during the exhibition season. Got to carry the ball once during that season. But all of a sudden in my mind, because this happens to us at times, you know, you go like, okay, I start to question what's going to happen the coming year. I mean, I did come back. You know, I did make the team. I got a chance to play, maybe not to the level I thought, uh, because to make that team again in 1974, I was going to have to fight with every free agent, draft choice, uh, rookie, once again, to be able to do so. And I left the team after that season in 73 to find my life's work, as Chuck Noll would like always say. And I was in Chicago trying to sell life insurance when I got a call from a teammate of mine, again, an outside party, who was coming in in Chicago, Andy Russell, captain of the team, all-pro linebacker. Um, he said, uh, why don't you join us? Uh, the, uh, the Boys and Girls Club, sponsored by the NFL, big dinner taking place. And I declined because I was not going back. I pushed, I declined some more. I pushed, he pushed some more, and then he asked me the question, why? And the only thing I could blurt out at that time was, uh, well, I, 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 I quit. I'm not going back. And he said, you can't quit. He said, if you quit, think about it. What you've already done is you've already made a decision for that coaching staff. Do you like them well enough to make decisions for them? He said, no, your responsibility. 
this is what you want to do is you come back and you make them make a decision. You back them in the corner. You give them every reason to keep your relationship, but you don't cut yourself. I mean, the reality of this game is that we're all expendable. The reality of this game is we all can be cut at any time, but if this is what you want, then you don't cut yourself. And maybe it was just the arm twisting I needed from an older brother I didn't have, and I went back. And everything that I had perceived, oh, did take place. Um, I had a fight with every free agent, draft choice, and rookie, once again, to be able to make a team. Leading a ground gainer in the exhibition season. Thank you very much. And the reason, so here's the, here's the point. The reason that I was the leading ground gainer wasn't because of the fact that I was bigger, better, faster than all the other running backs. It was a simple fact that they were trying to make a decision on me. So I played more than anybody else. I carried the ball more than anybody else. Given those two simple statistics, I'd better be the leading ground gainer because all they were providing for me was an opportunity to be able to make the team. And I think if my little transition here is that what this 4th of July, this Independence Day, is really that. Opportunities that we had in a culture that, that supports opportunities and gives you a chance. But you have to take that, you have to move forward within that. You have to accept that. You know, here is an opportunity. What am I going to do with it? Rather than saying, well, I, I can't make it, or it's not going to happen to me, or I'll never get better, or I can't get over this illness, or whatever, uh, whatever the situation. And so that's part of, that's part of the dream here. That's part of what this country stands for. Friends, Rocky Blyer, four-time Super Bowl champion, decorated combat wounded veteran of Vietnam, joining us today to help celebrate the birth of America, American, America's God-given independence. And it's great to have this opportunity to share with you, and we'll have some closing thoughts. First of all, I'd like to share another quote with you, as we're going to have a few more quotes today on our Roger Franklin Williams show, Independence Day special. And this one is, once again, talk about prescience from President Ronald Reagan. President Reagan, quote, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in our bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Once again, very prescient wisdom from a a truly great man. And another quote, and this one is actually pretty chilling, and I also think it explains a lot as well, uh, without going into all the details. This one's from President Abraham Lincoln. Quote, President Lincoln, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next President Abraham Lincoln, and I think that we are living that, unfortunately, right now. But on a positive note, it's still a tremendous blessing to live in the United States of America. We still have our Constitution intact. We have to fight for it every day, just like our founders did, just like the founders did who helped to establish it or who established it with the blessing of God. And every single generation has had to fight their own unique battles, had their own unique challenges. Um, And when we look back, in virtually every case, uh, just as daunting as as the challenges and the battles that we fight. So our battles are unique. Uh, They seem, and sometimes, sadly, insurmountable. Um, But we also need to know that we just have to keep fighting. And at the same time, uh, just focus, as Rocky Blyer pointed out, Focus, focus on the blessing of what we do have. Focus on the, all the blessings that we, we have now, that we still have, and we have the opportunity to preserve. Well, friends, we might leave a, end a little early, and I want to end 
the show. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on our special edition of the Roger Frank and William Show, our Independence Day program. And we're going to end with a quote here in just a moment. And we're going to, and we're going to quote directly from the Declaration of, of Independence. This is from the Declaration of Independence. I'm going to quote two, uh, two paragraphs. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. The heart of the Declaration of Independence, and now here's the ending. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Friends, thank you for joining us on the Roger Franklin Weems Show. Freedom don't come free. I'm an American soldier, an American. Beside my brothers and my sisters, I will proudly take a stand. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.